Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. You know, so I want to talk uh, tonight from the perspective of our love enduring with God. Because we know that God's love endures with us. You know, the Bible says that, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. So there is absolutely no doubt at all that God loves us. We're, you know, before we knew him, when we were still rat bags, you know, like in my life, you know, when I was still doing crime and I was in gangs and I was doing drugs and I was getting drunk and all that sort of stuff and robbing houses, stealing cars, all that sort of stuff. God loved me. So... If he loved me then, how much more now that, uh, you know, I've cut my hair, shaved my beard, used deodorant, oh, I haven't got any on today, and uh, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, oh, my word. So God's love for us is not in question. What's in question is our love for him. And that's what we want to talk about today. So, uh, Welcome to mate. the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message, and we pray that it blesses you. Know, you know, I, uh, I remember one time, uh, you know, this is back in the day, uh, being so out of it on uh, drugs and alcohol uh, with my mates at a party, and uh, I collapsed, and I was just lying in the gutter on the side of the road, and I was just lying there in my own vomit, and it was all through my hair, and I used to have really long hair. Who's got long hair? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you've got long Mate. <laughs> Anyhow, it was all through my hair and my beard Because I had a big long beard in those days And all like that And, and I can remember there And just, just having this glimpse of a moment And, I, and I'm just there And, you know, uh, and I'm lying there in this gutter And I'm paralytic And in my mind this thought come There's got to be more to life than this And, you know, for me It was just a thought But a couple of years later I had a God encounter and then it was like my whole world changed. So uh, anyhow, so God's love is, is unquestionable. There is nothing we can do uh, to separate ourselves from the love of God. There is stuff we can do. We can, sin will separate us from God. It separates us from him, the Bible says, but not him from us. So, uh, but his love is there undeniably anytime. Right. Because I, I have noticed that, you know, even in my own life, that if I've been a naughty boy... I do tend to separate myself from God because I start to feel a little bit convicted and I don't want to come into his presence and I don't want to spend time with him. And so there, and God's going, hey, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And I'm going, yeah, I know, but I feel bad, so I don't want to go there, I don't want to go there. And he says, if you come to me, I'll take it off you, the load. All right, so love endures. One of, one of the things that, because uh, uh, I've been pastoring churches uh, for since 1992, uh, uh, I was the first uh, you know, ordained or whatever they call it uh, nowadays um, as, a, as a pastor. And so uh, that's when I planted my first church in 1992. I've been a Christian seven years and planted a church. So anyhow, uh, the, the, where was I going with that? I'm totally lost now. Love endures. So, uh, but what I've seen, <laughs> these bro. <laughs> Oh, my word. So anyhow, uh, oh, my word, I freaked out. Don't look at the clock. So uh, if you, if you um, now I've lost it again. 
love endures. In that time, uh, as pastoring, the one thing that I see that, uh, that uh, gets people, uh, and in time has got me, but gets people is bad times and good times. You know, when things in the world are going really well for people, they're making money, they're loving their job, everything's going really well, sometimes they get just too busy for church and they're just too busy for God. Or when their world falls over and all hell breaks loose, well, you know, then we get upset at God and we don't, we, you know, well, he doesn't love me anymore and all this sort of stuff. And I don't love him because he doesn't love me because if he loved me, he wouldn't do this to me and all that sort of stuff. So there is what God wants from us is endurance, to be able to endure. And I want to talk to you tonight just, to, just briefly. I've only got 19 minutes. Uh, just briefly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just joking. Uh, I want to talk like, oh, here you go. Look at this. This is, uh, this is sublimable advertising. This is our Philippine mission, Transforming Community. Go on Facebook and click like. All right. You can like us. Oh, here, here we are here. Look, feeding kids and all that sort of stuff. But I'm not here to talk about that. This was sublimable advertising. So just ignore that. Ignore that, okay? So anyhow, I want to talk uh, uh, from Father, Father God uh, from his perspective a bit, okay? And, uh, and what it's like, because i got kids. You know, this is my daughter here, and uh, she's pretty good. And I've got a son there, Ben. He's, he's pretty good. And, uh, you know, they definitely got their looks off their mother because they didn't get it off me. So uh, anyhow, and then got another one over there, maybe, if I let him in. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> And then a couple more uh, up in Auckland and another one in Christchurch. So I was a busy boy for a few years. All right. So, but from a father's perspective uh, with kids, and this is, this is where it's like with, um, we're going to start off in uh, Luke chapter something. Chapter 38, uh, sorry, chapter 10, verse 38. Uh, have you got that up there? All right, so we're going to, now this is, um, this is talking about Mary and Martha. So, and the difference, oh, now I just lost my notes, hang on a minute. It was interesting that the, um, uh, that the scripture came up before, uh, you know, be still and know that I'm God, because that's one of my scriptures I'm preaching uh, tonight is being still. And uh, what I want to talk about is the absolute importance of being uh, having an intimate relationship with God. And, you know, if you are husband and wife or, you know, uh, and that you, you, can't, you can't have uh, intimate, an intimate relationship with anyone unless you spend time with them. And, you know, spending time with God is what gets you through the good times, but it also gets you through the bad times. When, when, when I went, I've been going, you know, I went through a few years, just as my kids did, a few years of uh, absolute hell after their mum died, my wife died. We'd known each other for 20 years. I think we'd been married for nearly 18 or something. And, uh, and, and so for a few years after that, you know, life is absolutely hell. The interesting thing is, is that uh, what sustained me through that period was the relationship that I had with God. 
You know, I mean, I got angry with God. I got upset. I swore at God. I threw things at God. I ignored God. He'd be trying to talk to me, and I'd tell him to off. I don't want to talk to you and all this sort of stuff. Which, you know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, you can do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know that wives or husbands will tell each other to off because I don't want to talk to you. Uh, you know, leave me alone. Go away uh, when things are not right and let things calm down. Well, you know, God is big enough that we can, we can do that. And I've done that. I've done that, you know, a few times with God. But, you know, what has kept us is exactly what we're going to be reading about is for years and years and years. Do you know, every day at uh, 3 o'clock, my alarm would go off on my watch, and that was my God time. And, you know, even after uh, we moved from Invercargill up to here, my alarm would go off, because uh, I didn't know how to change it, and it would decide, you know, I'd ditch the watch in the end. But my alarm, and, you know, my, uh, my kids would say to me, Dad, it's prayer time, because my kids knew that at 3 o'clock, from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock, uh, five days a week, my alarm would go off, and I'd go and pray, and I'd read the Word. I'd spend time with God every day. Do you know, I would have people... Uh, other pastors around the city, even big timer pastors, you know, they've got big churches around the city, or I'd have these, all these, you know, business people wanting to make time and arrangements, and they would try to meet me in my God time, and I'd say, no. I'd say, we can meet any other time, but we're not meeting between three and five. I've already got a booking, you know, and I used to say that, I've already got a booking. I have already got an appointment, and you know, my appointment was with Jesus, and I'd go and I'd sit and he would give me revelation like nothing. And he would speak to me. And sometimes we'd go weeks and weeks and he'd say nothing, you know. And it's like, you know, but it would be me doing all the talking. Revelation about the word and all this sort of stuff. What I want to talk to you today is, you know, sometimes we can be so busy working for God that we forget to be with God. You know, I stop working for God. Absolutely stopped. I just, I just, I just said no more. Am I working for God? I'm either working with God or I'm not working at all. And you know what we can do sometimes, especially if you're a church leader or what doing something in the church. We're so busy doing it for God, and you know, often this is was my experience for years. Often for myself and people in my church, they'd be so busy doing it for God they'd forget to be with God. So my staff, you know, I had staff, I would pay them. I'd pay, they'd be, on my, they'd be on salary. I'd say, right, you pick a time during the day, and I'd tell them what time that they're allowed to pick. But I'd say, in this time, I'm paying you to have a quiet time. Because it was so important for them to be able to come aside and spend an hour each day just talking to God, just hanging out with Jesus and, you know, some of them thought it was really weird and other pastors thought it was really weird and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, we had one of the successful churches in the whole area. Man, it was amazing. Our people were just hearing from God. If it's happening in the leadership, it'll happen in your people. All right, so here we go. Uh, as Jesus and the disciples, we're in Luke chapter 10 and verse something, verse 38. Uh, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home uh, to him. She had a sister called Mary uh, who sat at the Lord's feet or at Jesus' feet 
listening to what he said. Listening to what he said. Now listen to this. This is really, mate. But Martha was distracted. Oh my Lord. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I've been there. I've been the pastor and, and you know, I'm just I'm flat out and I'm doing this in the church and that in the church and I'm flogging myself and I'm going, God, where are all my leaders and where are the people when I need them to stand up and where's this and where's that person and I'm getting really frustrated and I'm, and, you know, I'm just about having a mental breakdown and a burnout and, and then God says, will you stop working for me? <laughs> I'm not your boss. You know, Jesus said, he said, uh, he said, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. Where the heck did we get this servant-slave mentality from? Jesus took us out of bondage. He took us away from servanthood. He took us away from slavery. He took us away from all that sort of stuff. He said, my yoke is easy. Can I tell you this? If the yoke you're carrying for God is not easy, it's not God's. You're whipping your own back. You're doing it yourself. That was anointed spit. <laughs> I got a tooth pulled out of here a while ago, eh? And even now, it's going to, yeah, whatever. You don't need to hear that. All right, listen to this. So this is what Jesus said, verse 41. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about what? Many things. If you are worried and upset about many things, it is because you have not given them over to God. You are carrying them yourself. I have been, in the years gone by, I have been so worried and so stressed out about things, I have collapsed twice. In the last five years, I have collapsed twice and been plugged into heart machines. Twice. To the point where the doctor said to me, next time it happens, you could die. And then I stopped. That was another anointed spit. Then I stopped. Those lights are terrible, eh? They show everything. Can you see through my shirt? I'm okay? It's all right, eh? So, so then I stopped. And then I go, God, what am I doing where I'm, 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 I'm just killing myself here? Literally killing myself. And he says, you're working for me, not with me. It's amazing, eh? Oh, man. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but, but few things are needed. Now listen to this. Or indeed only one. <laughs> Can you imagine how peed off she felt? <laughs> she is stressing and worried and, and, and pulling her hair about many things. And Jesus said, there's only one thing I've asked you to do. There's only one thing. Everything else was her own doing. Come on. 
Jesus would not say that my yoke is easy and my burden is light if it wasn't. You guys okay? All right. You see, listen to this. Mary has chosen what is better. You're joking me. You mean that girl sitting around on her backside doing nothing is better than me and I'm flogging myself to death serving God? (laughs) She's sitting around drinking coffee at Coffee Culture (laughs) and I am flogging myself to pieces and I'm worried and stressed about many things and she's doing absolutely nothing and you say she is doing the better thing? Jesus, are you a nutcase? No, I'm not a nutcase. I only asked her to do one thing. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Holy Toledo. Do you know what I know? Do you know something? Do you want to know what was better? What's time? Far out. Okay, do you want to know what was better than running around, worrying and stressing and carrying the world's problem on her shoulders and all that like Martha was? What was better than that? Sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to what he says and doing the one thing that he asked. My word. So you say, why am I preaching here? I drove four and a half hours to come here to preach for 25 minutes and turn around and drive four and a half hours back. Why did I come here and do that? Because the morning, I, was, I, I had my own time now each morning where I spend time with God. And that morning, God said to me, now if I was busy, if I was busy and wasn't listening, you know, because I was being, a, you know, the, the worrying about lots of things. And in my life, there are lots of things I'm worrying about. Over in the Philippines, and that, you know, we got children dying, dying of starvation. And we don't have enough money to feed them. Dying through lack of food. Dying. None of you guys here are going to die of starvation. Holy Toledo. So anyhow, we've got people getting kicked out of their houses because they got no jobs because of a war that happened in the next island and the tourists stopped coming. So there's no employment, there's no money. So they're kicked out of the houses. That, well, they're not even houses, they're shacks that they rent and families living in the bush in cyclone weather, in typhoon season, in rainy season with no food. Families, children, babies, and mum and dad living under bits of plastic in the bush. Kids dying. Let's go down to McDonald's, have a burger. Think about that. <laughs> I have got so much, you know, there's so much there. And so anyhow, but I, I say, God, I, this, this can consume me. Oh, the this and the that and the this and the that. And God says, just come aside. He says, just do the one thing. And so the other morning, God said to me, while I was in my prayer time, while I was just spending time with him, he just said to me, he said, you're going to get an invite to go and preach. He said, I want you to go and preach. That day, Jared texts me, hey, can you come and preach? Absolutely. (laughs) I'll check it with the boss first. So I checked out with the boss. She said, that's fine. And then I said, right, done. 
If she hadn't, I probably still would have come anyhow. But no, maybe not. <laughs> That's what used to get me in trouble before. So anyhow. <laughs> but because God, do you know, had I not put, been spending time with him, uh, and if I'd been worrying about everything else, I wouldn't be here. And uh, so, you know, okay, listen to this. We haven't got, we've only got three minutes and 54 seconds. In Isaiah 40, what does it say? It says, those who wait upon the Lord, they shall rise up on wings of eagles. It says they will run and not get weary. They'll do this, they'll do that. And the other thing, for the, if you guys can put that up there, Isaiah 40, I think it is, 31. It's already there. My word. You know, that, if I checked it. You know, that word waiting, now that is not like serving at tables waiting. That is not working waiting. That is that we have our hope in God. But also in the translation, it means those who sit and whose hope, those who sit in God's presence, those who put their trust in God. Do you know something? When we are busy trying to do it ourselves, trying to plan it and trying to work it, and you know what happens? We get stressed out. You know, I have seen so many burnt out Christians and you know, I think the devil thinks it's a joke. You know, if he can't motivate you to get off your backside and do the one thing, well, then he gives those people that do lots of things so much to do, they have a breakdown and a burnout and they walk away. It's terrible. But those who wait upon the Lord, that is spend time, that is, uh, uh, you know, that, that word, the actual, the literal is, is it's an intimate relationship with God. An intimate, now what's an intimate relationship? It's not sex. Sex is not an intimate relationship. Intimate relationship is where you come to a place where you go, that word intimacy, I, I like it. If you break it down, it means into me see. That is where I sit down with God and God says, I want to be, I want to have intimacy with you. In other words, I want you to see into me. And then I say, God, I want to have intimacy with you. I want you to see into me. And you know, that is relationship. That is not working for God. That is working with God. And then God can talk to us. And you know, like, uh, you know, oh, I could rattle off just story after story after story where in my time with God, he's spoken to me and he said, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And you know, and every time it does. But if we don't have that relationship, can I say this, just in, in leaving, just in, in going, if you are, oh, look at this, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. In that quiet place, be still and know that I'm God. In that quiet place is where you renew your strength. It's where you renew your strength. In that quiet place. It's not in the running around, the shouting, the doing, the trying to organize, the being everything. It's in that quiet place. And it says, listen to this. They shall mount up on wings of eagles and they shall run and not grow weary. And do you know how you can run and not go weary? And that is not trying to run 10 races at once. That's doing the one thing. That's doing the thing that God said to do. Because if God told us to do it, he would also supply us with everything we need to do it, including the emotional energy that we need to do the stuff for him. If, if you working with God, I, talk, I, was, you know, I was down in uh, Invercargill in Winton a, a couple, three weeks ago preaching, and I was able to spend some time with a pastor down there. And uh, he was going, oh, I'm, you know, ministry is killing my marriage. And I said, well, you're not working for God then, you're working for the devil. Well, 
He just about fell off his chair. Shouted me lunch. I thought he was going to make me pay the bill. Do you know, if if you're doing it for God, your marriage will flourish. Your children will flourish. Your bank account will flourish. Whatever you're doing with God will flourish. Because God doesn't give us jobs to do or doesn't work with us and doesn't do it to destroy us. Can I tell you this? The devil does. The devil does. In that, it says those who wait upon the Lord. You know what? When we rise up on wings of an eagle, you know, we get a better perspective on life. An eagle hunts from up high, not on the ground. And when he's up there, when he's up there, he sees the whole world in a different perspective. And can I tell you this, church? When we are in that place where we are having that relationship with God and the storms come, I'll tell you what, we see it from a different perspective. We don't see it from the, whoa, I'm the victim and pity party me and life's so hard. You know, we see it from God's perspective. But you know what? Just like, just like you cannot be, you cannot have a relationship like in a, in a, in a long-term relationships with somebody without spending quality time one-on-one. You know, this is the word that I felt like God was uh, putting on my heart. Like I'm a father, I've got kids, I've got kids here. My heart's cry is the one-on-one, face-to-face talking with my kids. Do you know something? That is the cry of any parent is one-on-one with your kids. Intimacy, relationship. Do you know something? That's God's. Do you know God says all the time, just spend time with me. Just spend time with me. But we're so busy on cell phones. We're so busy on trade me. We're so busy on Facebook. We're so busy at work. We're so busy at school. We're this. And we say, where do I... Do you know, if you had... Uh, that disease where you needed dialysis, it doesn't matter what the heck's going on in your life. You plug yourself into that machine every day for whatever hours it is because that is life. If you don't, if you get distracted, like in those scriptures, if you get distracted from plugging into that dialysis machine, you're going to die. Can I tell you this, guys? If you get distracted from plugging into Jesus, you will spiritually die. And when the storm comes, you'll be gone. When the good time, party time comes, you'll be gone. But you know, plugging in, Jesus is our life. All right. I'm a little bit over time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, Do it with Jesus, not for Jesus. If you're doing life with Jesus, you will fly to the heights. You will run and you'll not get weary. But if you're doing it for Jesus, you'll burn yourself out and you'll burn your family out. You'll burn everybody else around you. I think working for Jesus, pride gets involved and ego gets involved. Drivenness gets involved, but working with Jesus, all the glory goes to Him. Thank you, Jesus.